people are dumb as shit mm-hmm. when you get them in a group mm-hmm. and you get that herb or herb <laughs> herb <laughs> fucking smoking that herb. <laughs> uh, you get herd that mentality. You get that herd mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead. I'm Michael Moyer. And I'm Kevin Murphy. All right. We are coming to you live again with Kevin and I together in the basement of the Moyer Hendrickson Wrench. And, um, AKA the podcast studio. Oh, the podcast. That's good, man. Yes. I really should make a podcast studio. You should. <laughs> I'm telling you. That bedroom that is kind of a guest bedroom would be the perfect yeah. podcast studio. Yeah. yeah, so right now we have our, our queen bed in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like we put people that come over. That way they're away from the baby sounds and all that type of right. stuff. Like they're far away. They have their own bathroom in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally. Podcast studio. I could totally see podcast studio. All right. All right. I'm going to do it. We're well, going to make it happen. Okay. Yes. Um. So, Kevin, what... Are you drinking for your first beer? So I am drinking Goose Island 312. Oh, don't you mean 312? <laughs> <laughs> and only only the the true fans will the understand true, that joke. Yeah, true fans. Hun, it is 312. But yes, the the beer that that has so much history with both Kevin and I. Um, it does, and I remember. I remember calling it three twelve because uh-huh. I mean that's just that's just what we called it, you yeah. know. Well, okay. I am looking at their new label now, right? Okay, it is. They have a goose up at the top. The label is yellow. Um, there is four stars underneath the three one two. It says Urban Weedale to the right. Gives you the IBU, the alcohol volume. Goose Island Beer Company, wheat. Nothing on this label currently gives you any indication mm-hmm. that it is an area code, right? No, I agree. I agree. Not a single damn thing. No. Nope. Now, and- back, if you listeners remember, the reason I got called out by the bartender lady was she pointed me to the, the beer tap that was a phone and I was supposed to, like, make that connection. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel dumb. But at the same time, they've even f- forgotten it. So now there's going to be a whole generation, a whole generation of 312 drinkers yeah. all over yeah. the country being like, 312? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a 312. I will have a 312, please. <laughs> oh. I'll have a 312, please. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'll have a three hundred and one twelve. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, um, all right, Kevin, we are officially reviewing it now. What do you think of three one two? With it being a wheat beer, I don't really find wheat beers being as crushable as like other beers. So, what I what are we doing? What what's our scale now? Are we doing twelve? Are we doing twelve? You know, well, um, let's start with what you think of the beer, and then we'll do the crush. Okay, okay. And again, to remind listeners that I have not listened to the last few episodes, <laughs> Land Grant has a crushability index for some beers, and it's one out of six crushability scale. And crushability is the dude bro version of sessionable, <laughs> right? So if something's crushable, 
You can just crush it all day. So crushable. My yeah. dad owns a dealership. <laughs> Kevin's dad owns a dealership, <laughs> and he crushes beer all day long. All day long. <laughs> so, anyways, with that said, we have, in the past, followed Land Grant's one out of six crushability. Mm-hmm. But in previous episodes, we decided, wait a minute. When you were crushing a beer, you're not going to just crush six. No. That's amateur hour. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to crush at least 12. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And the ultimate the ultimate king of crushability is a keg. Right. So, right. so let's let's do out of 12. Okay. Even though it breaks all Michael's hatred and prevention <laughs> of this rating scale. <laughs> but as long as it's a 12-pack, I'm cool with it. Okay. Up until the keg. Okay. Okay. So what would you give a 312 on the crushability index of 1 out of 12? Or a keg? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to give it a... Like a 4. 4 out of 6, 4 out of 12. Crushability. Now, do you think... If we hadn't been on our second episode right now in my basement after drinking Half No Fury, which is like 13%, do you think you would give it that high of a crushability? I, so. I, I think Wait, were you giving a 4 out of 6 or a 4 out of 12? Uh, 4 out of 6. <laughs> so we're back to 4 out of 6. Or we're back to 6 then. The twelve is gone. That's what we had just described. <laughs> no, us. no, it would, it would, well, both. I would say both. Four yeah. out of six, four out of twelve. Yeah. Okay. I could only see myself crushing like about four. Oh, okay. So to you, the, the the twelve, the the four when you're doing four out of twelve, it's not like oh that's a third. It's just no, no. It doesn't it's... change scaling. It is like no. When I give it a twelve, if I give us something a six out of six, it's the same as at me giving out something a six out of twelve. Right. No. Six out of six is the same as twelve out of twelve. Okay, so but you're giving three one two a four out of six or a four out of twelve. Yeah. Do you do you understand why I'm having a, a, yeah. a problem with that? No, I I understand. <laughs> I understand. Shouldn't it be like ten out of twelve or nine okay. out of twelve on the twelve out of twelve? Um so <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's I don't know what the the fraction is there. <laughs> this is four awesome. four out of six. Versus 12 out of... Listeners, this is why we don't try to record two episodes <laughs> in one night. No, we, we're we good. We're good. I think this is amazing. I think this is going to be one of the top 10 episodes from everybody. And again... Solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So... All right. Um, bringing it back. Bringing it back. I would give a 312 crushability... A solid six out of six. Okay. On the six scale. Okay. Why I don't think it deserves the 12 scale is because it's too expensive to drink on a 12 yeah. out of 12 scale. No, I agree. I agree. Right? So, and I also don't feel like wheat beers are very crushable. Mm-hmm. Lagers are more crushable than wheat beers. Yeah. Yeah. But I could crush a six pack of this. No, no absolutely absolutely. But yeah. if if we had to go to the twelve scale, I'd be like, Yeah, that's too yeah. too much. Yeah, too much. Uh, definitely not the keg scale. There no. there I do not no. want to crush <laughs> a keg of three one two. One year later our <laughs> our rating scale gets even more convoluted than so, it is now. <laughs> so uh, listeners, slowly over time we will have all the people that we've talked about on the show. 
you know, Kevin's dad will be on. My wife Katie yeah. will be on. Uh, Kevin's wife Melissa will be on. Brent will be on. Dustin will be on. And they can all correct us in all the lies that we've told about all of them over the past 20-some <laughs> episodes, right? But but one thing that I will forever think is the funniest thing in my mind is if you ever had a party mm. at Craig John Tory's um, house, right? In Brent's house. Is they'd buy kegs. And... I don't know how many kegs they would get. And this is a question for Brent, and he can answer it when he comes up. Right, right. But but w- the kegs were never finished. So either there were they bought three kegs and they drank two and a half, or they bring, drank two kegs. But anyways, there was always beer left. And the worst thing in the world to happen to a college-age poor student that, you know, the only reason you were living where you were living was because your parents were paying for your rent and mm-hmm. you had loans paying for your school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could only afford to buy beer at a certain time. And if the party didn't drink all the beer, you could not let the beer go to waste. No, absolutely So not. I would get a call from John. Hey, it's Sunday morning. We need to finish this game. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so we would yeah. spend the day like like it was our fucking job, being hungover. You know, Hair the dog baby. Just to be like God, and it'd be flat, crappy beer, sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking said beer. But do, <laughs> do you feel like that helped? Helped what? Oh, like the hangover. The, yeah, hair at the dog. <sighs> so I feel like certain people it does. Uh, mainly alcoholics. <laughs> that I'm an alcoholic <laughs> then. <laughs> no, but there is like science to it, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Alcoholic, like at, on a certain level, you are experiencing remission from right, a drug right. when you're having a hangover. Yeah. That, that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It is your body being like, whoa, whoa, I was feeling this thing and now I'm like trying to expunge that. Right, right. And so truthfully, the best thing you can do is to drink water and get through it like don't keep drinking so but but if the hair of the dog is like oh my body is wanting that drug more alcohol yes yeah and so it does work you know if you plow through it you know right and so that's why i said certain people it works very well for and i think kevin i think it works for you Uh, it definitely works for me (laughs) especially we've talked about kevin's hangovers in the past and i just remember like trying to so I went to Baltimore for this conference, and I was... Baltimore, Ohio? It's a pretty nice place. No, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was Sunday. I had a flight to catch, and I didn't even make the, the like, um, final, like, conference thing because I was so, like, wrecked. And I just remember... The Uber ride to the airport, I was just like, the last thing I want is to be hungover on the airplane. So I convinced my buddy that we just need to drink. And so there we are, like literally a couple hours after we stopped drinking, we're in the airport drinking again. And I just (laughs) remember one of the people from the University of Georgia came over and just like, oh, man, these guys from Ohio State, Mm -hmm. they're just they're just savages. They're just savages. They're freaking drinking like constantly. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the time that I had to do it because I just, I was like, I cannot be hung over on this flight and it actually worked for me. It worked. Yeah. I was not, I was never, I never had a Kevin hangover. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, tonight I feel like it's going to be an interesting one. Okay? okay. Okay. This is from a listener. You know, this, the show is listener supported. Yeah. And, um, the, we reached out to our Patreon listeners, and again, in the future, if you're super cool, you can become a Patreon yeah. listener. If but you right now, spend a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, but right <laughs> now, it's just for those top tier people. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so one of the recommendations was talking about conspiracies. Okay. Conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So let's go through. We're on how stuff works. So this one is the Roswell Men in Black Area 51 conspiracy. Okay. okay. I will give a the, the high level discussion or description, and then we can discuss. Okay. No discussion about space conspiracy theories would be complete without mentioning the Roswell incident. In July 1947, rancher Mac Brazil discovered some strange debris in the area northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. Brazil couldn't identify the debris, and nearby military base released conflicting information about the material's origin. A few local newspapers picked up the story. While people thought the incident was unusual, several years passed before the first theories about alien activity really took off. Hmm. At that time, dozens of USO... Excuse me. At that time, dozens of UFO enthusiasts published stories and books about the Roswell incident. The basic theory was that the debris came from an alien spacecraft and the United States government confiscated the material for later study. According to some theories, the government transported the debris to, the, to an Air Force base in Roswell. Others say they took it to Area 51. Uh, there were some stories of autopsies performed uh, by government officials on dead aliens. Some people claim that anyone trying to uncover the government secrets would receive a visit from a group of intimidating officials in dark suits, the so-called men in black. Yeah. U.S. government repeatedly denied having any information on extraterrestrials. Many theorists dismissed the government's responses. Officially, the Air Force says the debris found in Roswell came from a crash surveillance balloon that was part of a top-secret project called Project Mogul and that has no information about alien life forms whatsoever. Another nail in the theory's coffin came when the United States CIA acknowledged the existence of Area 51 in a document about the U-2 spy plane. Mm-hmm. The document didn't suddenly blow the lid off alien technology. Instead, the paper confirmed that many writers have said about the military base it was a testing ground for top-secret military aircraft. Mm. Okay, Kevin. So last episode, we discussed a little bit about X-Files. We discussed the uh, Fire in the Sky movie. Aliens. And yeah. like how creepy it was and all this stuff. Right, right. Roswell. What is your... like? Were you ever like, oh my god... I want to watch every sci-fi channel episode about Roswell. Like, or you know what? I I'm still really fascinated by it mm-hmm. because I think it is definitely a at least Area 51. It it is certainly a super restricted zone. Yeah, like I think if you even get within like a couple miles of that place, there is like patrol that like has automatic machine guns and will be like what the fuck are you doing here Mm -hmm. um so i i still think to this day it is a highly 
secure, um, protected area. Uh-huh. Do I think they actually found aliens? I, I'm not sure, but, yeah. but I think there's definitely things that are way beyond kind of what I even want to think about going yeah. on there. Was it the B? What was the stealth bomber? Uh, uh, the, the like B fifty. It wasn't the B fifty two. It was the. Let me look at it real quick. The that was used in the Iraq War. Like when they announced it, it was like, boom, oh yeah, yeah. Here the... you go. Here's the stealth bomber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it was the B two. B two. Yeah. And that's a perfect example why the United States government wouldn't want like. <laughs> Hey, we were we had this super awesome mm-hmm. stealth bomber mm-hmm. that we don't want our enemies to know about. Right, that, like right. you're not going to be able to track our stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a mix of everything, right? It's the mix of government lying about stuff. Oh yeah, it was a weather balloon thing, mm-hmm. trying to be like, oh yeah, really? We're trying to tr- trace this stuff, and then and then you have these people go the opposite way, where it's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. These aliens, these aliens yeah, came to this farmland yeah. and they really like farmers and, you know, like, right, right. They don't care about anybody else except for these random hick farmers. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, but it's still cool to think about, like, that there is a top secret thing that exists, right? And no, I definitely think there's very, because you think about it, you think about the government, you think about what could. If you essentially had no rules, you know, what could could possibly, you know, what what would you develop? What what could go on, you know? And um I think that's I think there's very much that stuff going on to this day, but um yeah, you know, like it kind of it kind of rolls back to um I remember um George Clooney, he was in this like video interview and, uh, George Clooney, he, I like, I think he said it best. He said, uh, he said, you know what? If aliens really existed, people would have that shit on social media by yeah. now, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and you think about how many people have cameras yeah. at this point. So I, I, I agree to that certain aspect of there there's no way for a government to hide something big like that anymore yeah um but there's definitely things that are going on that you probably don't want to know about yeah exactly and again we 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 don't want to get too political but one of the funniest conspiracies that i've heard about is this QAnon conspiracy okay that like um the there's a one world government you know trying to rule the world etc okay yeah and trump winning the presidency was a like unforetold thing right and trump is working from the inside out to take this giant conspiracy down right um but at any point if you actually question wait a minute but, but trump is the most powerful man in the world right now being the president of the united states yeah yeah and at any point when he was like i will release all the things about the jfk assassination i'll do all this i'll 
You know, and so all the people that really believe these conspiracy theories about like, oh, well, Trump would uh-huh. never win the presidency because yeah. the, the one world government would never let that happen. And then when he wins, they're like, oh, well, that's because he's an insider, like yeah. going to expose it all. And it's like, well, when's he going to expose it? Right. right like, right. And and a lot of the people that like, I used to love conspiracy theories, love them. I loved really? all those TV shows like, really? oh, it was Roswell. Like, oh, look, they had footage of it and stuff. And just over the years, I was just like, oh, my God, like your conspiracy theory is more crazy than like to believe it is more crazy than to like believe that it's just the simplest explanation. Yeah. 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 The government it was building a stealth bomber and they had a re- crazy looking plane that someone saw and was like, oh, my God, look at that. That triangle up there, that's a, the you know, that's a alien spacecraft, you know. And w- there was a movie in the 90s with Mel Gibson and I think Meg Ryan. I can't remember. It wasn't called Ransom. That was another one. Ah, uh, shoot. I'll, I'll look it up. But anyways, the, the point of the movie was Mel Gibson was this crazy conspiracy theory guy, right? He believed everything. Okay. Earth was flat. Roswell, all this stuff. He would spout it out. He had a radio show. He had what was the equivalent of a podcast now. All this stuff. And his listeners believed everything. Okay. But he got one thing right. And okay? what was that one thing? He, he didn't know. That was the whole point of the movie. So he was getting... Tried to be assassinated for something he would, he knew. But he was like, I don't know what... I, he's like, I don't know what's real. He's like, because I say the earth is flat. And then, But yeah. there was one thing that he did okay. know that was, that was true. That uh-huh. they were trying to shut down. And so like the movie is about him trying to figure out, well, crap. What, which one of my conspiracy... Actually, I think it was called conspiracy, maybe. But um, which which one of my conspiracy is right, right? Like that's the whole like because you you listen to some of these crazy people and they are crazy. Sorry, they are. No, they and yeah and the fact that people still believe the Earth is flat. Oh well, Kevin, you're getting ahead of yourself right now. Okay, because we need to move on to. I'm sorry. Number three, the Flat Earth Society. So let me read this. So, um, in 1956, Samuel Shelton founded a society that subscribed to the theory about the shape of the Earth, namely that it is flat. Shelton based his theory upon what he called common sense and personal observation. He called the scientific uh, evidence for a globe-shaped Earth dogmatic, meaning scientists were making this claim without adequate evidence. Okay, before we okay. go on, this okay. is 1956. Well, um, the... the uh, USSR at the time had not sent Smut- Sputnik into space okay. yet. Okay, yeah. Uh, we had not had a man in space or a woman in space. We had not done any of that, right? So, so 1956, there is a very good possibility that we don't know that the Earth is round. Yeah. Just because there's been nothing outside of our atmosphere. Even though 2,000 years ago, they were able to use a simple test showing mm-hmm. that, hey, yep, yeah. Earth is yeah. round. Like... They've they've done that, and again, right, just to right. let everyone know, whenever you hear someone claim that the people in the 1500s thought the Earth was flat because Columbus thought the Earth was flat, no, Columbus did not think the Earth was flat. Columbus thought he was going to end up in uh, India. That's why Indians are called Indians, people. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't think that. Nobody thought that back then. It was a like a weird thing, and this is one of those things that gets popular uh, propagated right. through our culture. That, no, we've known the Earth has been round for 2,000 years back in Greek time. That you're able to prove it with two sticks 500 feet apart. 
stop it. But anyway, let me continue this. This is uh, Tru- uh, truthfully, it's like Columbus was a dumbass because he was heading to the freaking west, and India is the east. Yeah, you know. Well, he was trying to find a quicker place to India, right? Right, because. It, the, Europe to India was a very difficult voyage, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And so that's and I actually he, so, he calculated the Earth way too small. He literally thought it was just an ocean. He would be like, "Oh, there I am." Like, yeah, whoop, yeah. You know, but because so I have not. Which this is something I would really like to learn up on because I just find it fascinating because there was so much kind of exploration culture exploration with the whole Silk Road mm-hmm. from India to Europe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that is something I would like to know more about. Yeah. It's because I think that was that was essentially kind of what it was about, right? Mm-hmm. It was like Columbus was it was he was trying to go to India mm-hmm. with the whole Silk Road. Mm-hmm. Um, um Well, yeah, tra- he was trying to find a, a quicker way to India, right? Right, Cause, right. Cuz um, here's an awesome thing you you can look up, Kevin, and anyone can look up. There is an amazing uh, uh, subreddit, and for people that aren't aware, Reddit.com is not just a place for douchebags and you know lonely white dudes that uh, what they call neckbeards in their basement. Um, but but <laughs> uh, there are multiple subreddits that are actually very informative. One of them is called Ask Historians. Okay, and Ask Historians like, hey. What uh, made here would be a good question, or hopefully it'd be a qu- good question. Yeah. What made Columbus sail west instead of just going through the Silk Road in okay. 1492? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And ask historians is because every every subreddit has moderators. They are so strict, so strict that if if I just went on there right now and was like, it's because he was stupid, and then Christopher Columbus didn't know the Earth was flat. Uh-huh. Right, yeah, that would immediately get deleted because one, I didn't cite any materials, and it's not just citing Wikipedia. You can't just be like, "Oh, Wikipedia says it." Right, right, because it, it's supposed to be real historians being yeah. like, "This written book here, this written book here," and you back your facts up. Right, mm-hmm. our problem with real facts in this fucking world is like people just read something and assume it's true. Right, like right, research right. what. You think, and then and then research that what, and then research that, right? Look where always the source is. It probably goes back to some bullshit. I remember one professor at OSU said, "Always go three, three sources, three deep." deep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, now, but but anyways, a good thing when you brought up the the Silk Road is, think about this, Kevin. I love this question. Is us in the United States, you know about Rome, you know about Greece, right? Mm-hmm. You know about all this stuff in the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah. They were like, did China, what was any China references? Did they know anything about Rome or Greece at the time of Roman Greece, you know, like in uh, 90 BC? Yeah. Like in, because China is one of the oldest. China yeah, has been dynasties huge and yeah. lasted forever. And I love that question because I'm like, I've never thought about that before. That's true. I have like, I do we learn about 50 BC China? No, because no. we're a bunch of white people in the United States mm-hmm. and we we're populated by it and stuff. But I was like, it's still so hard for me to wrap my head around the differences between 50 BC China and 1000 AD China. But because I've been so inundated with uh, 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 
you know, that Western culture of mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. I know Romans. I know yeah. Greeks. Right, right. I know uh, medieval times. Like, mm-hmm. like, but but China, you just think, oh, it's just been China for yeah. 2,000 years. They haven't changed at all. You know, like, yeah, so yeah. reading that question, it was just a fascinating thing. Um, But back to the Flat Earth Conspiracy, which is what started this conversation. Okay. okay? This awesome guy, Samuel Shelton, founded this society in 1956. Right, right before Sputnik, like three years before Sputnik, and Sputnik was just like, "Well, look, it's round," and then he's like, "Uh, shit." <laughs> but anyways, later people showed him pictures of the Earth taken from satellites. Okay, Shelton claimed the photos were fake. Okay, hmm. he and his members of the society continue to support the idea that the Earth is flat, and that those who disagree are part of a conspiracy to keep the truth about the Earth hidden. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about that for a second. He gets told, he gets shown proof from satellites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is rounded, right? He's like, eh, fake news. Mm-hmm. This is fake, right? Yeah. What benefit do... I, I, I still haven't wrapped my mind around this. And the reason this bothers me is if let's say the earth is flat okay who benefits from convincing us it's not flat like right is it this weird one one government world that has been the conspiracy forever that's Mm -hmm. like the, the, the there's lizard people living under the ground really running stuff like why is like oh the ultimate conspiracy is the earth is flat but they don't want us to know that because if we knew that then our minds would blind them like yeah like, who benefits from the earth being flat versus round or being a fucking cube yeah like I, i've never understood that like mm-hmm. and um anyways moving on shelton died in 1971 and the leadership of the society passed on to charles johnson johnson led the society until his death in 2001 Without leadership, the society fell apart. Critics of the Flatter Society say that its members simply deny any evidence that con- conflicts with their worldview without offering real alternative hypotheses. Keep in mind that humans have known the Earth is round for centuries. Not even centuries. 2,000 years they've had a test that showed the Earth was round. Yeah. yeah. The ancient Greeks learned by measuring shadows that the planet's surface must be curved. That led to astronomers concluding that the world was round. The myth that people during... Oh, I love that. We already bitched about this. And this is how that ends up. The myth that people during Christopher Columbus's journeys believed the Earth was flat is no real basis in fact. The argument was really about how big the Earth was, not whether or not it was flat. Boom. Our argument just got validated by this article I found online. Score. Okay. But, man, here, here's what annoys so, me wait, about the Earth is... Oh, go ahead. Wait, wait, but back up. So, Christopher Columbus, he thought that the Earth was flat? No, not? no, no. He didn't at all. Okay. He knew the Earth was round. That's but why he, he went thought, west. He thought to, there was a faster way. He he thought the Earth was smaller than it was. Ah, okay. That's why he wanted to get to India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that yeah. was quicker to India than going through gotcha. the Silk Road. Okay, okay. And that's why this whole, like, oh, Christopher Weck, when they thought the Earth was flat, and it's like... Why did this get 
No, he didn't think yeah. it was flat. Yeah. If he thought it was flat, he wouldn't have called the Indians Indians. That's why they're called Indians, because he thought he found he, a quicker he, way he made to, to India. India. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, people. They're so stupid. Well, anyways, um, why this one really annoys me is Kyrie Irving, and we talked about this on the earlier yeah, episode, yeah. who is a professional basketball player, very good and stuff. He has admitted that he thinks the earth is flat. And I'm like, you fly in planes. You fly in planes. Mm. And what's what's and for a long time when I first heard about the Hearth is flat thing, I thought it was just like a joke society. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Like, oh yeah, of course blah, 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 blah. it's just fake and but yeah. it's it's one of the like everything. Um satire becomes people's religion. Mm-hmm. And like people that are like, Oh yeah, that's this and when you see what the gymnastics they go through to justify that the earth is flat, like, oh, it's really a sphere. And yeah. It, it's all these optics and stuff. But then when they actually get presented with real science, and I know we don't believe in science anymore because it's all fake news, but, like, it it, it just pisses me off. It is, no, like, I of agree. all the things I to agree. fucking believe in, Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just stop it's it. Just, it's complete. It's complete idiocracy. All right. Yeah. This one I loved. This next one. I absolutely loved. This was my jam after watching The X-Files, after watching uh, Fire in the Sky. This one, ooh, like, 14-year-old Michael was all over this one. And mm. now, growing up, Michael's just like, oh, whatever. You know, like this is the perfect like I was young, manipulative, you know, somebody can manipulate me into believing something. Yeah, yeah. The face on Mars. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah, kind of. Yep, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to recap. In the 1970s, NASA launched two spacecraft called the Viking 1 Viking 2 on missions to Mars. Both spacecraft photographed the surface of Mars and sent images back to NASA. Now remember, this is the 1970s. We had really good cameras then. Mm-hmm. But these are images taking on a Viking 1 and a Viking 2. In the 1970s. In the 1970s. Yeah. Now everyone remember how images are sent from thousands and thousands and thousands of miles from a piece of machinery created in the fucking 70s yeah it is not your modern day like brilliant 50 megapixel thing yeah that is super detailed right Mm -hmm. it is a blob of a blob that they try and interpret okay um in one photo a hill on mars surfaces looked like a face author and conspiracy theorist richard hoagland went a step further and said that it didn't just look like a face definitely was a face. Hogland theory is that an alien civilization colonized the Mars and that the face was evidence of an alien city in the Sidonia region. When other satellites photographed the surface of Mars, the pictures of the Sidonia region revealed that the face was just an eroded mesa. So just like a eroded hill. Yeah, yeah. Hogland argued that the equipment NASA used to take subsequent photos wasn't as accurate as the Viking equipment. So years later, 30 years later, oh, sorry, your 1970 camera that was thousands of miles up from a thing is not as accurate as the, you know, thing. The more modern uh-huh. cameras, yeah. Uh, they, he also claimed that NASA doctored the images, making them less like a face. 
We've since had a very good look at Mars' surface, and the face turns out to be an illusion created by hills and shadows. Humans tend to recognize distinct shapes and patterns, even from a vague and indistinct shapes and objects. Have you ever seen a cloud that reminds you of a particular animal? That's an example. We call this ten- t- uh, tendency paradelia, and there are several examples on Mars. Like, this is another one. Who benefits, right, mm-hmm. from... Um, If there was a face on Mars. Yeah. Who benefits from us keeping it secret? Like, would it be religious people? Like, mm. I, I okay, let's say that there was a face on Mars. Right, right. I think um, our whole basis on religion of, like, God picked Earth to have humans or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could blow the doors open. But I don't think NASA is a religious entity. No. Um, and... And that's why I'm I'm always like like why like the it, yeah the simplest answer is normally the the the, the simplest question of like eh, probably nobody benefits it's probably just a picture that yeah <laughs> doesn't do anything right 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 but I don't know I I love the face one that was one of those perfect conspiracy ones in the mid '90s when I was just like 14 and I was manipulated enough to be able to believe. Whatever I saw on the Sci-Fi Channel, mm, mm-hmm. um, but over time I was like, "Oh yeah, that's just a hillside." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. All right, we have to go on the number one on this list. Okay, number one, the moon landing hoax. Oh Jesus! I love this one. Yeah, love yeah. it. All right, the granddaddy of all space conspiracy theories has to be the moon landings were faked on a soundstage. Those who believe the moon landings were hoaxes say the United States lacked the technology necessary to transplant or transport humans back to the to moon and back. They claim that NASA faked the landings in order to make people leave the United States had fulfilled JFK's promise to land the man on the moon before 1970. Yeah. What evidence do these skeptics cite? For one, on lunar landing videos, you can't see any stars in the sky. They do. They're the. I used to watch these videos. Mm. It's it's dark. Yeah. NASA says that because the moon's surface and astronaut suits were so reflective that it was too bright for the camera to pick up um, the comparatively faint stars. Perfect example. You take your phone right now. Your camera is really good in your phone now. Really good in your phone mm. now. If you have a super dark background. And a reflection light like those astronauts had from the sun. And you're trying to focus on the astronaut. You are not going to see anything in the background. It is no. simple photography. Like yeah. Anyone taking an intro to photography class would be like, <laughs> but nope, that's the, the conspiracy, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Another point theorists make is while the planting the flag in lunar soil, the flag appears to wave with no air in space. How is that possible? NASA says the astronauts rotated the flag's pole back and forth. While planning it so it remained upright. The rotation of the pole caused the flag to move back and forth as a rippling in the breeze, even if there's no air on the moon. NASA says there's plenty of evidence that men landed on the moon. There are photos, videos, testimonials from a dozen astronauts who have set foot on the moon's surface. The astronaut returned the astronauts returned at home with soil and rock samples, which NASA also cites as physical evidence of our presence on the moon. Some hardcore conspiracy theorists maintain that all this as excuse me, all of this evidence is fake or came from unmanned missions to the moon. The real problem with conspiracy theories in general, there's real 
there's no real way to convince people who believe in them that they might be wrong. Yeah. And that is like the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Like you can be mm-hmm. like, no, like, well, there's this, there's blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're, they're wrong. Here's the, the, the best by far reason I've ever heard. It doesn't even matter if they're like, Oh, the, the flag was waving, et cetera. There was definitely a space race in the sixties, right? Between mm-hmm. the United States and yeah. the USSR. Yeah. At the time. If the United States had faked a moon landing, you I guarantee you the Soviet Union at the time would have told the world. Mm-hmm. Nope, they faked it. Because they were trying to land on the moon themselves. Yeah. And they would have yeah. been able to know. Like they mm-hmm. they were doing missions themselves and a lot of the cosmonauts died and everything and stuff. Like that is the biggest Right, right there. Like they would have been like, "Oh yeah, they faked right, it," but they were right. like, "Holy shit, yeah, they actually did it." And I mean, and, and it just sucks. It's like one of those things. It's like it was such a monumental uh, achievement for just engineering, human, not even the United States. Yeah, like, but just like, and then Absolutely. it's like these people just fucking downplay it because again, who benefits? Who benefits? Oh, the reason that they faked it was so that they could say, oh, yeah, we, we fulfilled JFK's promise in the early 60s. Like, really? That's that's why they, they faked they it? They faked it, like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, I know. Good job, Brent. You fucking made me mad again because of dumbasses <laughs> in this fucking country that believe stupid shit. <laughs> Kevin, pick a song to end this on. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, no, we don't need to end it yet. We're only 42 minutes in, but seriously. Thanks, Brett. (laughs) But see, what's crazy is it's not just, it's not just us. I was just, I was just listening on the way down of the populist movement in Germany and how people believe these crazy things. And I'm just like, man what is going on you know like people are like so germany has like strictest rules with hate speech Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and especially the death penalty and it comes from like for a long time in germany you couldn't even have like the word nazi mentioned in no it's still it's still it's so like uh, doom and, and wolfenstein when it showed in germany they changed the swastikas to yeah. like other symbols no cause... if 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 you if you present a swastika in germany you will be jailed for yeah. it yeah so and, was... and rightfully so yeah they fucking earned the the they were like we fucked up we are not letting that happen yeah. again right like like <laughs> exactly. like here's your punishment for creating one of the worst atrocities you know outside of right. russia and stuff combined like no you need to do that like you know <laughs> yep yep and so like i was listening and they were like they're basically saying like there's so there's this group and they were like well, they're they're just not listening to us. They're they're not listening. So this woman kept pressing, and, and so like the the death penalty in Germany is like the like no nobody feels like that's ethical. Like they they're mm-hmm. like no, that's that's not that's not something. And but but she kept on pressing, and she's just like, well, if the people agreed that the death penalty was like okay, then you would. You would agree to it, and and finally someone who was like, yeah, like uh, that's 
that's that if the people said that was okay then it, that's okay and it's just like it's just this weird like you know this i don't know it's like this this subset of people that are like i don't know like it's it's yeah. it i like i don't i don't like to think about it too much because it kind of feels like we're taking four, four steps back but yeah. um i think like before i asked you are you ready for another and we switch our next beer i want to leave on this quote from one of the the greatest thinking minds of our time it was agent q or k from the first men in black movie okay which talking about conspiracy theories right yeah, men yeah, in black yeah. is all men about in black it. yep and will smith's character Asked, like, why don't we tell the world? Why why are we hiding this stuff? And uh, the other uh, agent goes, a person is smart. People are stupid. Mm. And that is so fucking true. Yeah. yeah. Like, a person might be smart about something and do something. People are dumb as shit Mm -hmm. when you get them in a group. Mm -hmm. And you get that herb or herb. (laughs) herb. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking smoking that herb. (laughs) Uh, you get herd that mentality. You get that herd mentality. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it is so fucking true. A yep. person is smart. People are stupid. Yep. So my next beer. Ooh, I I taste it right away. It is uh, North High's Jalapeno Lime uh, Ale. Oh, this is the one that Mike wanted you to try, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is uh, 5.8% ABV. Um, it has a it has a little spice to it, but it's not it's not too overpowering, which I like. Um, I've drank a so Catawba Island Brewing has a beer called Hot Blonde, mm-hmm. and this kind of reminds me of of that. It it has like a little a little um kick to it so to speak but it's not like i can't drink this mm-hmm. however on the crushability scale <laughs> i'm i'm only, i'm only going to give it like maybe a two out of six yeah, okay All for right. crushability it's it's tasty but i don't think i want to be crushing the yeah. the jalapeno lime ales all right makes sense well my next one is probably my favorite beer that I've seen in a store. Okay. I not not saying it's my favorite beer. Yeah. But he, here is why it's my favorite beer what I've come across. Okay. All right? Yeah. It says slightly might, mighty, okay? Low-cal IPA. And I'm like I immediately see low-cal, so you're low calories, right? And I'm like, what the hell is a low-cal IPA? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then up at the top of the can, here we go. 95 calories, 3.5 carbs. So, uh, dear listener, one of the things that um, I have struggled with over the years, uh, and this is Michael speaking, is weight, right? Um, I overeat. um do all that type of stuff. And when I started drinking Bush Light, I was like, oh, man, this is pretty awesome because Bush Light's pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has um, 
like 3.25 grams of carbs. It's 94 calories, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this is pretty low. And so um, it just made sense for me to, to crush bush lights. Now, when you do 30 of them, you start to add up. <laughs> but uh, around that same time that I realized this, uh, Michelob Ultra um, started having commercials like of people working out. No, not just the people. Of like very hot chicks working out, right? Do you remember those, Kevin? Like it'd be like, oh, I, I just like ran on the treadmill, and I oh, I just ran like ten miles, but uh-huh. I need to refresh myself with Michelob Ultra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it was just like, oh yeah, you know, if you need to cut back, you know, and you're you're working out. <laughs> which which kudos to Michelob Ultra yeah, yeah. because nobody else was trying nobody to Nobody else was. Bush no, Light wasn't there going like ah Bush Light. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else was trying to say we're we're a workout beer. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I think if like uh, I feel like if there was another beer trying to like corner that market, they they would be super successful. Oh yeah. Well, I, Kevin, I think I just found that beer. Okay. This is my keg crushability beer. What? Yeah. I might be a little three sheets to the wind. <laughs> but right now, I'm going to say, Kevin, from an IPA standpoint, okay, if okay. you want an IPA, that and, is only and, and 95 wanna, calories. And you want to crush it. And 3.6 carbs. Oh, yeah. The Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty... Locale IPA is fucking crushable. <laughs> it's crushable. I mean, I am just digging this IPA. Okay. Here, okay. You, you, here, you yeah. try it. We're, yeah. we're sitting here. You try it. All right. Like, not even from a low calorie thing. I think it's a good IPA. I would agree. I think yeah, that's. Like yeah. It. Yeah. No, I I think that's definitely like uh yeah. like that that's almost like an all-day IPA for me. Like that's very it has that that bite but it also is crushable, you know. All right, back to the topic at hand, Kevin. So, I have a few I'm going to put in the show notes. I hope you have heard of these. Okay. Cuz these are kind of ridiculous. I love them. So, talking about conspiracy theories, right? I have you heard of the uh, Paul is dead um, from the Beatles? Paul McCartney actually died in nineteen sixty-seven or something, and the Beatles uh, like sprinkled hints throughout their albums saying that like a guy was replaced Paul McCartney. Okay, no, um, I haven't heard this. No. It, it, it's a wild thing. Like on one of the albums, like you can hear John Lennon like say Paul is dead backwards, all this stuff. And it's it it started because of like a DJ, a radio DJ somewhere like saying it. Uh here we go. Mm-hmm. In 1969, a caller to Detroit radio station WKNR told disc jockey Russ Gibb about the rumor and its clues. Given the callers then discuss the rumor for on air for the next hour. Okay. So like there were like rumors of it happening. 
This whole article is about okay. Okay. Um, when you look at the cover of Abbey Road, um, everyone has shoes on except for Paul. Yeah, like that was a hint. Oh, in Greek mythology, people would walk the river sticks with their shoes off, you know, or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, it back yeah, yeah. With their sandals off and stuff, like all this bullshit. So, anyways, th- this is a like the first probably like um, conspiracy or, uh, conspiracy theory with a a, a famous person. Okay. Of, uh, mm. Like a, a musician. Well, anyways, let's fast forward. So, Kevin, you remember Andrew WK party all the time? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a conspiracy theory that I love because I literally only know of Andrew WK from that one song, party all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you know of him of anything else? No, n- no, not like at all. he had blood. He would like hit him in. So- I don't even know right. why he had blood. Did he hit himself in the face? Like I what? Don't, I don't know. He was partying all the He's time. Partying all the time, fucking rocking shit up. Well, anyways, Andrew WK. Is supposedly a character. Um, that isn't the same person, right? Like people don the Andrew WK moniker and okay. they replace the previous person. That makes sense. Okay, kind of. Yeah. So, so Andrew WK is not like a real person. He is like a a character, like a Tony Stark. Okay. From uh, he Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. Iron Man's been played by a lot of different people, right? Right, right. But, like, you know, Andrew WK, of all people, has been, like, a media person that has been... Right. Uh, so. so let's go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> let's go to this one. Remetal sucks. Okay. We're going to cut this out. Is Andrew WK a sham? A carefully constructed record label concoction played by several different actors was the hard partying bloody nose screamery faceless ploy to sell records according to a fascinating piece sent in by longtime metal sucks uh, maniac there is an indisputable evidence supporting this claim okay so let's walk through this andrew wk even if he's a sham a carefully constructed record label concoction played by several different actors again kevin what is your memory of Andrew W.K.? Bloody nose guy. <laughs> so this amazing concoction by a PR firm had one song that we remember now? Yeah, yeah. And there's been several actors? Uh, I don't remember those actors. I don't know. Well, anyways, this conspiracy goes on to think that he has been played by several actors. Right. And right. my point being, like, who benefits from this? Who gives a shit about <laughs> Andrew W.K., right? Right, At right. least Paul is dead. It's Paul McCartney. Yeah. It, it's it's John and Paul, like, two of the most prolific songwriters of all time. Yeah. Like, that is a good conspiracy. Like, oh, well, man. Yeah, Paul died in 67. They had to replace him and do all this blah, 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 blah. Uh, Andrew W.K. had one song that nobody gives a shit about anymore. It's not even going to be on the top ten of the yeah. 2000s. Like, why is this a conspiracy, right? So that is one conspiracy I want to talk about. The second one, Kevin, is amazing, right? Prepare to get your butts blown off. Here we go. Okay. The real Avril Lavigne. Mm. Skater boy. Yeah. See you later, boy. (laughs) 
is dead. Huh? The Avril you now know is okay. a body double. A body double. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yep. This is this is this is my jam in modern conspiracy theories. The Earth is round, fuckers. Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> and she's been, <laughs> she's been replaced by a body double. I love this. That's right. true because she hasn't really released anything. Uh-huh. All right, here we go, Kevin. I'm just gonna read this article. This is brilliant. A lot of important people died in 2004. Ray Charles, OBD, yeah, old dirty bastard. Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> but Avril's alive, you say? Sure, she's suffering from Lyme disease and going through a divorce, but she's still alive. Yeah, her heart beats, her lungs pump air. She has the flutter of a pulse under her striped armbands, right? Right? I love this article. This is not me making this up. This yeah, yeah. Wrong! Sorry to burst your bubble, but Avril, according to a detailed conspiracy, conspiracy theory by the Brazilian fan site, is very much dead. She's been dead since 2004, prior to the release of her second album, Under My Skin, has been played by Body Devil ever since. To the outside world, everything was gravy. Yet if we have an astral project into Avril Lavigne's psyche during this imperial period in her career, we'd see that as has been confirmed by everyone from Johnny Depp to Lauren Conrad from The Hills, being famous sucks. It takes an incredible toll on one's person. Mm. uh, So pretty soon Avril followed in the footsteps of Britney. Being famous is just a job, Spears, and hired a lookalike to confuse the paparazzi that were constantly pursuing her. Yeah. This lookalike was named Melissa. The two became best friends. Oh, so we have Avril and Melissa. All right. Yeah. Shortly after writing sessions began on Avril's uh, Levine's follow-up record, her grandfather passed away. During this time, submerged under the pressure of releasing a new record, yeah. the toil of fame and this new loss, Avril Levine entered into a deep, dark depression. She would later be found dead at her home, and her family, record label, and anyone else in the know kept quiet. Bam. Avril Levine died, and this Melissa has picked up the mantle. And has been rocking Avril Lavigne skater boy songs <laughs> ever since. Yeah. So, on a scale of one to plausible, one to plausible, let's start with Paul McCartney. Okay. One to plausible. <laughs> I'm going to say one with Paul McCartney. Okay. Um, ramifications of Paul McCartney dying in 1967 are massive. Yeah, right? yeah. He has been knighted since then. He, mm-hmm. uh, as much as people shit on Paul McCartney and the Wings, and Wings had like a gajillion number one hits mm-hmm. with Wings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he even had number one hits with Michael Jackson in the eighties, right? Like, right, right. he had number one hit like a few years ago. So Paul McCartney dying in '67, the guy that replaces Paul McCartney has gone on to do more. Than what successful than what actually Paul McCartney? Yeah, would, what a, a, people would like kill to have that t- like even a tenth of that success. Okay, fast forward to Avril Lavigne, right? Yeah, yeah, she releases her monumental first album that, dear listeners, Michael himself bought because he was like, I am liking this girl, even though Michael's only nine, eighteen or nineteen yeah. at the time. This seventeen-year-old girl just spoke to him. Even though he just thought she was hot. Wait, do you know if if she's on um, 
What's the Instagram? No, 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 no. What's the website? Spotify? No, 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 no. (laughs) iTunes? No. Google? No. What is that website? Wikipedia. What? Wikipedia? No. What is the website where you can pay for them to say... Cameo. Cameo. (laughs) Is she on Cameo? Are we going to pay for our first Cameo? I think we are. I think we have to. I will gladly pay... With the money that we've gotten from our dear listeners, yes, all Avril. The oh, wait, or we can say, is your name Melissa? Oh my god, we need to do that. Be like, hi Melissa. That should be like, but it's Melissa. It's it's Melissa. No, oh, you got me. <laughs> Cameo dot com. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for anyone that is, isn't aware, I how did I come across this? Anyways. There is a website called Cameo.com. Did we talk about this on a previous no, episode? No, we haven't. And it is the saddest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's brilliant yeah. from a perspective of people that are famous. Right, right. But at the same time, so he, here's what happens. is Let's say that you are a fan of Avril Lavigne, and Kevin's checking if she is on there. But um, Avril Lavigne will charge a certain amount of money. Uh, let's use somebody different. I know Snoop Dogg's on there. Let's use Snoop Dogg. I don't know how much Snoop Dogg charges, but let's say that you're a huge fan of Snoop Dogg, and you will pay Snoop Dogg $100. Again, I don't know what Snoop Dogg charges, so don't check me on this. He could be $500. He could be 1000 But anyways, right, you pay right. Snoop Dogg $100, and he will send you a personalized video. He'll be like, yo, it's Snoop Dogg. Happy birthday, Michael. Happy birthday, Kevin. And we, Kevin and I joked about this because the LMAFO guys, what was his name? Um, you know, a Red Fro. Red Fro. Red on Fro. Cameo. Yeah. And he has the best demo video of what he can deliver <laughs> to you. Because uh, they have what? Two songs that people know? Yeah. You know, Party Rock in the house tonight. And we're going to do shot, 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 shot. Yeah. And like a third one. And he manages to just manipulate that conversation that he's going to leave to you into it. And it's just brilliant. And so, and I think you pay like 50 bucks and you get Redfro fucking going shot, shot, (laughs) shot, 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 shot. Well, anyway, so Kevin right now is looking up if Avril Lavigne is on there. And I don't think she is. No, I don't. Did you look up Melissa? Levine, <laughs> just because if the conspiracy theory is right, <sighs> Melissa has be. been replaced. So here's the sad thing about the article that we were just reading, dear listeners, is like most conspiracy theories, there's no evidence other than them like attacking one thing like, oh, she was she was blonde on a Sunday and then she was had red hair on a Monday. But they don't really support that like what 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 it meant about that moment is bad right like her getting her hair changed you know um so not much evidence for Avril Lavigne being dead but I love the idea of some mediocre uh pop singer from the early 2000s dying and people think it's big enough news to (laughs) make a thing about it right yeah, it's probably yeah. Avril Lavigne's PR department, right. and nothing against her. I mean, Kevin and I are sitting in a basement. She's she is rocked and done tons of stuff, but at the same time, she's she is not ever going to be 
up there with Madonna, Taylor Swift, Britney Spears, even right? You yeah, know, like yeah, like sorry, sorry, Avril. Like, <laughs> which that, that has to suck. Like, uh, like to th- to think about like you have a certain threshold. You know, you mean of popularity or of talent? Talent and popularity. Yeah. Do you think she cares about that though? Like, do you think uh, she wanted to be uh, Madonna? Or well, and we're not even saying Madonna like from a, a pop standpoint. We're saying like uh, cultural relevance yeah. of a pop singer. Well, right? I I think that's what I think that's what everybody kind of aspires to, don't you think? Like you you think like you you <laughs> do you, you want... do you think so though? Or do you think people are just like, holy shit, I can't believe I made it this far? I. I uh I think some people are like that. Like holy shit, I can't believe it. I would definitely be that person of like Like Jack Black is like holy shit. I can't, I can't believe, believe I, I was talking about like fucking sucking cocks the other day <laughs> and all of a sudden like people are all like right, dear listener, how many people clicked on the Kevin has no money link in the, <laughs> the, sh- the show notes from a few episodes ago because if you had, you would have witnessed the greatest KG and Jack Black skit of all time. But I've not heard any feedback for me being like, Kevin, you don't have any money. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think you bring up a good point. Like, okay, which which um, uh, recording artists really w- want to... Like, to, to me, like, here's so, the weird thing about Taylor Swift to me. Yeah. Taylor Swift, like, I like half of her stuff a lot. Like, she yeah. is a brilliant woman, right, a brilliant right. marketer, and the other half, I, I, I sense the marketing too much, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, it's too fake. And I don't think it's, like, a PR firm doing it. I do think it's her, but I'm like, stop it. Like, stop f- faking your stuff. Like, yeah, just give yeah. me your real stuff. Like, right. And so, like, right. I feel like, in her mind, if she is not anything less than up there with Madonna or Aretha Franklin, she's failed. But I don't know if someone like Aretha Franklin, I don't know if someone like um, Avril Lavigne thinks that. I think she's just a Canadian girl that died in 2004 and now Melissa's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I... So I was going to say... um, Avril Lavigne... No, uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, Tay Tay, um, as we call her. <laughs> oh man, I don't think you're as close as you normally are. You're not like this, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. All right, we lost Kevin. No, I'm, that half no fury is hitting his brain right now. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what, All but right. there was something with Taylor Swift. <laughs> I thought it, was, <laughs> it was good. No, you you were talking about no. What we were talking about was you feel like most people want to be that top tier. Yeah, yeah, talent, exactly. Right? That exactly. Like, they. What's the point if they're not right? Like you want to aspire to be like the greatest musician you can and you don't necessarily want to be like well this is the best i'll ever be you know yeah um yeah so i think i think with with taylor swift i think it's 
it's it's kind of a mixture of this is the best I want to be, but also I'm going to ride this train as long as I can ride it. You yeah. Know? And yeah. if that means earning $50 million, but I will say, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, cause I don't think I have, but there is a documentary on Netflix about Lady Gaga and it is they was recorded right before she uh did the um movie with Bradley Cooper Star is Born a Star is Born and so that was also right before she played the Super Bowl and i absolutely loved this documentary because she was recording her new album Mm-hmm. She was recording it with um, the producer that um, I can't think of his name. He he did the um, Bruno Steve. Mars, oh, no. like the um, Ice Cold is yeah, like he was like he was the producer. Yeah, too hot. I'm hot. No, hot damn. Oh wait, hold on. Uh, pause. Uh, uh, your Lady Gaga documentary conversation. You had sent me a Bruno Mars song like my first or second week when I was in DC. I just moved there. Mm-hmm. Was it that song? Yeah, it was that song. Yeah, I remember that. I was. You were like, "Are you listening to this?" And I was like, "I haven't heard it." <laughs> and so I was literally like a week into my job at DC, and I was like, "Too hot, hot, hot damn, too hot, hot damn." So the the producer of that. He 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 was part of this uh, uh, Lady Gaga album. <laughs> so, anyways, it was a really good documentary because it showed Lady Gaga in a light that I've never seen before. Uh-huh. So basically, White. basically the Lady Gaga that you knew or seen in the public eye has essentially been her like. I am going to try to do everything I can to be as ridiculous as possible and see if people buy it. So, like, like record companies and stuff were like, you need to be this way. And she's just like, you know what? I'm going to w- wear a meat dress to the fucking, you know, gala of whatever. And so, like, that's how she would get, like publicity as she would always do Mm -hmm. these crazy things but it wasn't necessarily like herself and so like this last album she's like been trying to like be like herself and it's been so anyways it was it was really good because it just shows you like this authenticity of uh an artist you know like oh i'm going to do these things that kind of get me notoriety or publicity or whatever, but yeah. finally I'm going to like just fucking do what I think I want to do. Yeah, and I think I, I, I think we might have discussed this before, but um because we were talking about like have you seen a Star is Born? And you still haven't seen a Star is Born. No. And I uh, I think I brought it up, but I uh a Star is Born is kind con- so, Star Wars Born has been remade like four times. It was 
first in the 30s and then the 50s. Yeah, yeah. And then um, in the 70s. And that's why people are like, oh, Jesus, really? Do we need like a f- fourth remake or whatever with uh-huh. Bradley Cooper? And um, this one, even though it follows a similar storyline, a lot of people are like, oh, is this like Lady Gaga's journey? Because in the movie, she starts out as just a really good singer, and she's friendly with a, um, uh, she's at a drag queen bar, and like Lady Gaga is definitely like a anthem singer for mm-hmm. the LGBTQ community, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, doing that stuff. And um, so they had that in the movie, and then she does this thing. But then at a certain point in the movie, she's just a good singer, and then she starts doing like weird, crazy pop stuff, you know. But in the movie, they don't make it seem like it's her idea. They make it seem like it's this uh, young uh, producer's idea mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of is at odds with Bradley yeah. Cooper's character and stuff. And um, I, I didn't like that because I was like, this, like, y- <sighs> the movie was okay, it, very predictable, other than a certain point at the end. But I won't spoil that because I, I do think you should watch it, especially mm-hmm. if you like that uh, Lady Gaga uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. I think. You would like uh, a Star Is Born, mm-hmm. and plus I like Bradley Cooper, and mainly because I don't think I've told this story <laughs> on the podcast, but it's like an embarrassing story, but not really. It's kind of funny to me, so I'll tell people. So, <laughs> what year did The Hangover come out? Like two thousand eight, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, whatever. But you know the movie Hangover. Yeah, yeah. Zach Galifianakis, Bradley Cooper, uh, Ed Helms, right? Three people in uh, The Hangover. It's huge hit by Todd Phillips, which, fun fact, everyone, Todd Phillips directed Bittersweet Motel, the, uh, the fish documentary, back in 2000 or whatever, before he made Old School and Road Trip and all these movies. Um. So he makes The Hangover, and it's this massive hit. And I don't think anybody expected it to be a massive hit. It was just supposed to be this stupid thing yeah, about uh, going bachelor party, et cetera. Right, right. 2009. 2009. So yeah. um, Kevin and I, um, did, I don't know if we saw it together or not. But anyways, Katie and I started dating in 2009. So I'm one, that's why it was early 2009. But anyways, I am working for a company called Diagnostic Hybrids. And they essentially diagnose or make uh, kits for diagnosing kit uh, uh, influenza A, influenza B, chlamydia, all the gross stuff that you wouldn't want to know, right? Well, one of the things is they really like to get test samples for um, the flu. And so everybody in the company, they would be like, hey, the nurses are going to be in from the hospital. They'd love to just get swabs out of your nose. So they, you'd literally go in and just get swabs. They would use it for testing be like, oh, yeah. you know." But they, it was all anonymous. It wasn't like, oh, yep, Michael, you have the flu. It was just, hey, we just really want samples to see what happens. And these two nurses who were you know, young, probably around my age at the time, and I was in my mid to late 20s, and she goes... The movie had probably been out for three months at this point. Okay, yeah. And she goes, oh, my God. You look just like that guy from The Hangover. <laughs> okay. And so immediately my mind goes to, well, Ed Helms, 
I have looked nothing like Ed Helms. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, she must think I look like Bradley Cooper. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's Bradley <laughs> Cooper. Right, he's like right. hot motherfucker. He's cool, all this stuff. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, I am like ecstatic, right? Yeah. I'm just fucking riding high from these two attractive nurses telling me that I look like Bradley Cooper. And then she goes, she's like, yeah, what was his name? He's the beard. It's really poofy. And I was like, Zach Galifianakis? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) I didn't say fuck you, but that was, uh, I was like, yeah, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that he's unattractive, but at the same, it was just like the opposite, right? Like there's no, there's no pictures of Zach Galifianakis on some girl's wall, like her being like, ooh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, like Bradley Cooper does. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So anyways, when I'm watching The Star is Born, Bradley Cooper's doing his best, uh, like, oh, my, my voice talks like this and I play guitar. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, just a, <laughs> I'm just a grizzled man that ladies want and stuff, you know. I mean, he is playing an alcoholic in the movie, but at the same time, like, there's all these girls that want him and stuff, and I'm like... Yep, that's me, baby. <laughs> I am, I am Bradley Cooper, not Zach Alphanakis. <laughs> not, yeah. All right, so, we've been talking about conspiracies. conspiracies. We ended up on fucking Hangover somehow. <laughs> I love this. This is this is how Kevin and I roll when we that's drink. That's right. That's right. We we have no focus. Thanks, Brent, for picking conspiracies and we're all over the fucking board man uh, that's all that's right all right so so with conspiracies in mind hangover in mind hangover in mind. uh avril lavigne in mind uh andrew wk in mind paul mccartney in mind mm. so many it's kevin's turn to think through a song oh he's actually playing it now instead of stating it so the <laughs> So the the song that I think would go well with all of this conversation is a song by Mizio. It is called Underground. Kevin, you ready for another? Ch- 